See if this thing gonna come on this morning. There it is. Hallelujah. How's everybody doing this morning? Good to see everybody. Happy Father's Day. All the dads out there. So, man, hopefully y'all have a good day today. Uh, you know, now, if you notice, we didn't, we didn't get to do much for, for, the, for the moms, you know. And uh, so we decided that we can't overdo it for the dads either. Because then, you know, the moms would definitely get upset. <laughs> so, so what, what we did, me and Wendy, what Wendy decided, she did most of the work. I just bought everything, honestly, and helped carry it in. Um, so do you have one right there or no? No? Okay. So, so what we've done is we decided to make it a, a mutual gift today uh, <laughs> that, that hopefully both of you will enjoy and multiple people in your households will enjoy. Uh, when, when you leave the service today, we're going to put, uh, we've got some pickles. It's, uh, now it, it's Wendy's. Wendy, you want to explain these? Come, hey, and I know you got to come up here so people can hear you. <laughs> it's just a bread and butter pickle. It's a sweet pickle. Um, the ingredients are vinegar, uh, stevia in the raw for those of you who can't have real sugar. There's that sugar in there. My, my brother's diabetic. And so that's something he can eat and he really enjoys it. And salt and pepper. That's the only ingredients in it. For in case you're allergic to any of those things. Yes. But it's a bread and butter pickle. pickle yep. And you eat it. Like and you don't have to let it set for two or three weeks. And you can pop it out and eat it today. You can put them on your sandwiches. You can, whatever you want. Uh, generally, they don't last a, all that long when we've got them in the house. Because we pull them out just to eat them out of the jar. <laughs> or whatever. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, so we, we made use of all the cucumbers that we had that we were given. And a bunch of them that we purchased. But so what we have is we have some two different size jars, and we'll be back there to help. But we have two different size jars. We have the, uh, yeah, the, the big jar is the family jar, right? If you if you're married and you have have people in the household, and if, if you're single, you don't have anybody else there, you can get the smaller jar, right? So you know, uh, well, we were running out of jars. We we were trying to figure out how to make this work, um, and and the store kept looking at me funny when I'd go in there and buy a dozen cucumbers at a time, and so yeah, we just so. But anyways, so we've got these, and we've got two different size jars. We'll make sure you get one after service so that both the, the moms and dads can enjoy. We're trying to, yeah, trying to make sure. And, uh, and even the family can enjoy. But again, with the stevia in the raw, if you're diabetic, you can still eat them because it's not going to affect you. And uh, that, that was one of the, the things with her brother being bi diabetic that we did. So, but anyways, hey, I put a couple things in the bulletin for you here this morning. I, I want to I read this one about Father's Day because I, I was really thinking, you know, about, about Father's Day. And with all that's going on, and so I kind of just wrote my thoughts in there. It says, as we celebrate Father's Day this year, do we get the sense that things are different? Do you get the sense that we shouldn't even be celebrating? Right? Because a lot of people in the world probably say, oh, you shouldn't be celebrating right now. And I truly understand how you feel. Because as a pastor, I want to celebrate Father's Day today. And I'm sad that we miss celebrating the way I wanted to for the mothers. But with all this in mind, should we stop? It is wrong to celebrate. I say no. I say no. We must celebrate what God has done and the people God has put into our lives. So even though we did not celebrate Mother's Day the way I wanted to, we still celebrate fathers. So today we are celebrating the, the men that God has put into our lives. And, and I understand the fact that some of us, it was not our biological father that raised us, but that's the person that raised us and God put into our lives. So guess what? If you celebrate that person as your father today celebrate them right if your father's not alive you can still celebrate that you had a father somebody was in your life so so we're going to celebrate that today 
And uh, I'm, I'm thankful that I had a father there in my home. I, I, I had many people I could consider a father, many people that would pull the belt off and give me a kick if I needed it, you know. Uh, and so, hey, you know what? Some of those could be considered dads, too. I know when I was young, I, I know that the, the children today don't have this problem. But uh, when, when you'd go down the street and you'd cut up, somebody'd grab you and whip you and, and send you back home and call mama. And then you got it again. Nowadays, they go to jail. So we had this community whipping, you know. Um, I was glad when I moved over off of Lou Rose because it didn't happen on Lou Rose. But on Stewartville Road, it was country. And, uh, and it was just one way. It was a mile-long street with a dead end. And, man, we'd go down there and cut up, and we'd get back on the bayou and, and fish. And, and, yeah, we'd cut up, and, you know, Bubby's mama would get a hold of us. Or When I moved over to, to Lou Rose about junior high time frame, we didn't, we didn't do that over there quite as much. So. <laughs> so, But my mom and dad were cops, so everybody was calling, fussing about me anyways because they were they, all the cops. Did you know what Bubba did? Did you know <laughs> So I was always the one that was getting. So, But anyways, so listen, so I'm excited that you've, you've decided to be here today. I'm excited everybody's tuning in online. The weather's been great, so you can go home today and guys can take naps. Can I say, thus saith the Lord, the dads can say, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> can I tell you, I'm going to take a nap somewhere in here today. <laughs> it was hard making all those pickles, but she made the pickles. I didn't make the pickles. I'm not, that's why I said she made the pickles. I'm, not, I'm giving it where it's at. So, did all the children get their bag? Did you not get a bag? Oh, we got one over there. All right, come on, get it real quick, man. So if you don't know what we do every week is if you lay it, leave it there, put your name on it, take the bulletin out bring them home and go over the lessons. We go ahead and I spray them down with Lysol and stuff and we put fresh bulletins in there for you. That way you can have that. So anyways, that we're trying to do something for the children. We're trying to, to continue to do that. Don't forget tomorrow night we're going to have our Bible study. Uh, I'm not going to do a video-driven Bible study. I'm going to do something different this week, but uh, Facebook Live at 7 o'clock. It didn't work so well doing Facebook and YouTube at the same time, so I'm going to drop YouTube and just do the Facebook. Uh, that way it's less of a delay. Because there was a little bit of a delay in there, which made it difficult for me and I know for you, because I'd ask a question and have to wait a minute and a half. And I'd figure out what to do for a minute and a half. And then I'd be two thoughts ahead, and y'all would answer. So, yeah, we're going to do a little different. But as I said before, one of, one of the purposes of, of doing that video uh, Bible study was I want you to understand how easy it is. All I did was print the questions from his study. I played you the video... And then I asked the questions from the study. And of course, I asked questions that I thought were relevant. And as some of you would put stuff and we would go from there also, right? You see how easy it is to get a small group of people together? And when it's safe to do so, you can do that in your own home. You log into Right Now Media, you press play, and then you have some questions to ask. And you can start helping people. And there's 10,000 videos plus. There's videos about marriage. There's videos of, about history and documentary stuff. There's there's, history, there's videos about just the Jewish culture. There's so many things that you can go over and study in there. And so that's why we give that to you, is so you can help bring it to people in your area because you have people living around you. And you get together anyways, I'm sure, right? So that's why that's there. I just wanted to uh, let you know about that. Uh, also, I, uh, I brought this up on Wednesday, but we need to continue to be praying. Uh, Brother Corky Randolph, remember the, the uh, contractor that did, did our building? He's been over in the panhandle of Florida ever since then. He is still there working. He's got 14 churches he's still rebuilding after the uh, hurricane. So he left here to go hide from the hurricane because his family, then he went to there. Uh, 
the gentleman that did our carpet, John, has, uh, has a lot of health issues to begin with, and he, but they, they all contracted the COVID. Now, Corky is over it. He's fine. 71 years old. Tell me it, it just kills old people. Corky's still kicking. He's still good. I, I talked to him. He called me yesterday to tell me about John, but I talked to him the day before. He made it through COVID without getting on ventilators and everything else at 71 years old. But see, it's not a death sentence. It is if you give up and you allow it to kill you, but it's not a death sentence. So, but uh, John has a lot of health issues, and it, it's really not doing his body well. And uh, his kidneys were starting to shut down, so please be in prayer for, for John uh, and his wife. I, I, I want to call her Cindy, but I don't think it's Cindy. Uh, John King is his name. He was the, the guy that did the carpet. He was the one who brought the crew in for that. So we're going to open up in prayer this morning, and I'm going to pray for our service. I'm going to pray for uh, Corky, his family, and, and John, and then after that, we're going to do some worship. But listen, if you have an offering or anything like that, we have offering envelopes outside. We have buckets out there, or you can give online. Can I tell you that more than 50% of the people are giving online today, uh, where, you know, six months ago, uh, four people were giving, maybe, right? And so you can go to newlifeag.church. You can do it that way. Uh, if you send through the text message, it just sends you a link and brings you to, to the website anyways. It's the same thing. Uh, or we still take cash and checks. You can drop your credit card in there, and we'll make sure, just tell us the limit, and we'll make sure to spend it wisely for you. Chip will figure out where it needs to go. I promise you. Uh, so, but anyways, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has continued to give. You, you've continued to allow us the work of the ministry that we're, we're doing here and continuing to help people and continuing to reach people online and, and just do the things that God called us as a family to do. Amen. So you can do that after service. And again, after service, well, me and uh, our wife will be back there so we can make sure you get some pickles. And so let's pray this morning. So, Father, we, we thank you that we get to be here today. And, Lord, I pray for the fathers. I just speak a blessing over them today, Lord. As, as you have put these men in our lives, I pray that you would just allow them to guide us with heavenly wisdom, biblical wisdom. Lord, allow us not to be pulled from side to side by the culture and, and by different things, but allow us to lead the people that, that you've entrusted to us, our children, our families, through biblical wisdom, straight from your throne, God. Lord, so I speak a blessing over them today, Lord, that you would just continue to prosper them, keep them in good health, even as the soul prospers. Lord, I also pray right now for, for Corky Randolph, and I, I pray also for for John and, and his wife. And Lord, I just speak health over them. I, we just continue to pray for life over John, that his kidneys would function and his body would be working the way it was created. I, I rebuke this virus in the name of Jesus, and I command it to die right now in his body. I, I command it to die in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we, we thank you for being here with us today. And Lord, I pray that you would just have your way in this service, have your way throughout our time of worship and in the word. Come on, let's stand up this morning. Have your way in all that we do, God. All that we do. Mm. I'm going to pause right there for a second if we could. Have your way, God, in all that we do. Thank you for being in this place, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hallelujah.
we've got to fight against the things of this world that are trying to stop us from having church. There's a religious spirit moving around telling us we don't have to meet. Online is good enough. Can I tell you online is great, but it ain't good enough. Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Come on. Online fulfill the need that the church had at that time. But you know what? It's time to get past it. We've got to pray that the Spirit of God would break that religious spirit that is trying to pull the church down. I know churches that still have not met out of fear because they say there's no way we can meet. Come on, right here.
Give him praise this morning. Come on.
worship you in this place, God. Hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. Come on, raise your hands this morning. Come on, let's pray. Father, we, we thank you this morning for what you're doing already. We thank you, Father, that you're in this place. Your name is being lifted high in this place today, oh God. And we thank you for coming in here and letting us worship you today. Letting us love you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your presence. And I pray, Lord, that the, the words today that I speak are from your mind and not mine. From your spirit and not my own, God. Let these words forever change all of us in here, including myself today. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree with that, I want you to shout amen this morning. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Wave at somebody and tell them you love them, but you got to stay in your seat. You know how that goes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hey, Jonathan, can you bring me that stand in there? I really needed it. I didn't realize. I got a lot to read, so I want to make sure that, uh, whew, I had to grab a little water. Oh, thank you, sir. Forgot I had a lot to read and I didn't pull it out. All right. So, if you weren't here last Sunday, I'm going to help catch you up. 
But you need to go back and listen to last Sunday and Wednesday because Wednesday I started unpacking what was going on on Sunday. And I called it an unpacking because... Okay. There, there was part of what was going on in, in with Elijah, King Ahab, Jezebel, the prophets and all of that. That when you go back into verse six, uh, chapter 16 and you read... Uh, we're going to go to... Uh, 1 Kings 17 today is where, well, 19 actually is where you're going to start at. But when you look back in 17, you find out that King Ahab, or 16, end of 16, you find out that Ahab committed the sins of Jeroboam. What are the sins of Jeroboam? Many. And so we, we, uh, Wednesday, we started looking at what the sins of Jeroboam were so that we can understand uh, what not to do, basically, because if we don't want to be like Jeroboam, and we also learned that every king after that was measured off of that scale. Did they commit the sins of Jeroboam or not? And Jeroboam had many. So I, I don't want to go into all of that today, but what I want to look at today is mountains to valleys. Mountains to valleys. And I, I want us to look at the fact that in, in chapter 19 of 1 Kings, I'm going to back up. Uh, stay right there in 19 because I'm going to catch us up for those that weren't able to be here. In, in 1 Kings 17, verse 1, Elijah the Tishabite from, I love this, the Tishabite from Tishabi in Gilead said to Ahab, which is king, as the Lord the God of Israel lives whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except in my word. So Elijah spoke this because at the end of chapter 16, Ahab did worse than the sins of Jeroboam. And he, he stirred up the anger of God against them. And then he married women outside of the area that he was not supposed to. He brought in uh, tabernacles and forced the Israelites to worship in them. They made sacrifices. He put up his own king, uh, priests, all these things. So now there they are. Elijah says, no rain until I say so. But I just kind of put some things down after this because what we're going to look at is, is we're going to look at Elijah in, verse, in chapter 19. But Elijah, after this, after this word, he was fed by the ravens. God told him to go somewhere. He was fed by the ravens. Then he was sent to the widow woman at Zarephath where he was fed again. Then he raised her son from the dead. Then he went up to Mount Carmel in chapter 18 called together the 450 prophets of Baal. Remember, that's the story where, where you build your altar, I'm going to build my altar, I'm going to put 12 barrels of water on it in the middle of a plague. I mean, not plague, but a famine, a drought. God called down, he called down the fire. God licked all the water up and proved that he was God. Then he killed the 450 prophets of Baal. Then he went and he prayed for rain, and it rained after he cleansed the land. But look at chapter 19, verse 1. This is where I want us to look at. We'll, we'll have these on the screen for you. They're, they're still in the bottom because that's what our live stream audience, we're, we're, we're working on being, having them full here and small on the other side. We're still working on that. But look at this. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elisha to say, May the gods deal with me. Be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the one of them. She was going to kill him. Look at verse 3. 
Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Verse 4. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. This is the guy that one chapter earlier basically called it out, right? He's the one that called it out and said, hey, you know what? You build your altar, you put your offering on there, and you call for your God, and I'm going to do the same, and whatever God answers in fire, we're going to serve. But he put it out there, right? How many of us would do that? If, if God doesn't do this, he ain't God. We'll serve your God. And here we see, though, one chapter later, he was afraid and he ran for his life. After he killed the 450 prophets. Are the 450 prophets worse than Jezebel? I don't think so, but that's a different story. But how quickly we move from one to the other. How quickly do we do the same thing? God moved in my life. He supplied all of my needs. He's, he, I've, I've seen him do amazing things. And something gets a little funny and I walk away. One thing bothers me and I walk away. Can I tell you I did that already? I did that. I first got saved. I was watching God move. I, I watched God just speaking to a, a person that was a crack addict at that time on the payphone making a deal. There was no cell phones at the time. So just that's why we're on a payphone. Just got to set the time frame for you. This, this man was on the phone with a crack house. Going to go buy some crack. We prayed with him. And after we prayed with him, his comments were this. He went in his pocket. He had a little wad of some, a little bit of money. He said, can you bring me home? My wife and kids need this more than I do. I watched the power of God. I've watched people get saved. I watched people slain in the spirit and all of those things. And in one disagreement with one brother in church, I walked away from it. And it was all over a picture, high school yearbook. Yeah. Was it legitimate argument? No. It was stupid. It really was. But I allowed the enemy to get in my head and push me out. And it took about a year before one of those pastors found me and God set that up. That's a whole other story, though. I don't want to bore you with that half of it. But God found me. And I went back to church and realized everything that the devil had told me was a lie. And then I ended up transferring along the way and some other things happened. How quickly we change. Back in 18, we said, choose God. Now we're saying, run and hide. Lord, I'm tired. Bring me home. Right? All of these things. Now, I've got a couple verses up here. They, they may be in the system. I don't want you to turn, but I'm, I'm just referring back into things that, that happened to build this picture for you so we can get where we need to go. 1 Kings 18, 17, when he saw Elijah, this is Ahab, he said to him, is that you, you, trouble of, you troubler of Israel? This is, Israel. This is what, what Ahab told Elijah. You troubler of Israel, is that you? Go down a couple more verses into 22. Then Elijah said to him, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. This is what he's telling the Lord. He began to believe what they were saying about him. He began to buy into the fact that he was the only one left. That he was a troubler. 
that, that him speaking the words of the Lord was a troublemaker. Can you see it today that the church is now troublemakers? You see it in society. Just, just about five or six years ago, I, I, I could have not figured out, I couldn't figure out how the, church, the, the world was ever going to see the church as being troublemakers. We do good. Yeah, we preach hard sometimes. You're going to hell. You got to get, you know, we, yeah, we do those things. Uh, there's, some, there's some interesting people in our family. We all got them. But the thing is, is how are we going to become the troublemakers? Can you see it today, though? They call good, bad, bad, good. All the way around. And so, see, it's the same thing that was happening, but who are we going to believe? We believe the people around us more than we, we believe what the people around us say more than what God has said. Let me say that again. We believe more what the people say than what God has said. What God said was past, present, and future. It's not about just that, of this or that. It's, it's about all of them. What they say is what they see today, right here in this moment. But what God has said is he called you holy, past, present, and future. He called you his own, past, present, and future. See, he knew all these things. He knew all of them. But how did Elijah go from being on the mountaintop of Carmel, killing 450, to running down into a cave in the valley, hiding, because he was scared? How did he do that? He did that because he believed what they were saying too many times. Because if you go back and start looking at it, you start seeing it. At the beginning of chapter 18, he had the conversation with Obadiah, who told that in the word it said that he was hiding prophets so that they wouldn't get killed. Elijah must have known that already. Or did he not know it? So we don't know by the writing. But there was other prophets in the land. So why did he? He had started believing the fact that he was fighting a losing battle. Fighting a losing battle. Have any of you ever felt like you're fighting a losing battle? Have any of you ever felt like you're fighting a losing battle being a Christian? The world is never going to change. Can I tell you, as a pastor, you feel that way sometimes. Because you preach, you preach, you teach, you teach, you live in front of people, and people beat up on you, they throw rocks, they throw words, they do all these things, and you keep loving on them and loving on them, and then they walk away from you and walk back out into the world. It's like, at what point did I not show them the truth and show them love? See, but the thing is, though, is I know who I am. And I know that we win. And, and what people do hurt. But it's not going to change me. Because I've watched too many believers that, that turn away and they run and hide. I've watched pastors that, that have been beat up by congregations run and hide. And they'll no longer open up and love people. Because every time they do, they get hurt. Elijah stands up and shares the word of the Lord and he gets hit on and he gets hit on. And he stands up and shares the word of the Lord and he gets hit on and, and all these things. We can't believe what the world says about us. Jump down to, to uh, I think I got 1 Kings 18, 9 and 10 in there. I think I put this one in there for you. I want to I start showing you now where we're at. Verse 9. Elijah went up to a cave and spent the night. The Lord appears to Elijah, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for you, Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with a sword. Here again, I am the only one left. Now they're trying to kill me. 
I'm the only one. That, you, see, you see this pattern with him. Because I think he began to think that the world's going to win. That Ahab was going to win. I think sometimes the church is, oh, well, well, we're not seeing people get saved like we used to. We're not seeing it. So, so I, I'm not going to put any energy into it anymore. I've done my time. I've, I've spent my money. I've... No, it's not about that. It's about continuing on what God has told us. And I'm going to get into that in a minute. I'm going to get ahead. Look at this, verse 15. Look what the Lord says. Can I be honest with you, though? As much as I love it when the Lord speaks to me, I hate it when he does this to me. <laughs> just being honest. And I say hate, but I'm not saying that I hate the Lord. I'm just, it's not fun. Is that better? I don't know. I don't know what word's good. 1 Kings 18, 15. Look at this. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king of Amram over Aram. Aram. He's, now God's telling him, get up and go back to work. But I want to be in my pity party. I'm down on, my, my, on the loneliest bayou there is, by yourself. I'm, I'm doing all those things, right? I'm, I'm having fun. Y'all have never heard that one? No, no. Man, y'all are sheltered. The loneliest bayou there is, by yourself. Wow, I, I really figured, y'all not as Cajun as you think you are. I'm just saying. Y'all have down there, okay, so y'all heard of it over there by Hesmer. It's the rest of y'all up here, y'all northerners. By yourself, Louisiana. You see, we, we want to be happy with our pity party. We do, Right? There's times I want to I wanna just sit there and, and just, oh, man, owes oh, me. But it, it reminds me of hee-haw. And, I, and, and all I can do is laugh when I think about it. And how can you sit there and be in a pity party when you laugh? <laughs> Anybody who's ever seen hee-haw, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, despair and agony. And, they, and they're making music. And you have to laugh. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You, you can't stay in that point. But what we see right here is even though he thought everything was gone, even though he thought he had done everything and he was the last prophet, even if he was the last prophet, God said, I'm not done yet. There's some things you've got to finish first. You're not done till he says you're done. You're not done till he calls you home. And until that point, you've got to keep going. You can never sit there and say, well, I've done enough. I'm too old or I'm too young or... We can go back and study Moses. Moses stood there and told him, well, I, I can't speak well in front of people. Well, I'll give you Aaron. <laughs> yeah, Moses stuttered. I'll give you this one. I, he, it's like, really, dude? How many excuses can we make that he can't overcome? All right. 1 Kings 18, 15. I'm going to read it again. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Get up and go back where you were because I wasn't done with you there. You run over to this other church because you didn't like that one. You run over here and, and, and he's, that's a whole other story. So go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimsi, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of, look at this, Serapat from Abel Mehalim to succeed you as prophet. You see the last thing he did? He had to go find his replacement. And I think this is a picture right here that you can't tell me you're done until you've got your replacement sitting there watching you. Yeah, but I don't do anything. Oh, well, I'm sure you do something. Until you've grabbed that person 
and anointed them and said, you know what? You're going to fulfill what I do. If you're an intercessor, you better find an intercessor. If you're a teacher, you better find a teacher. If you're a person that likes to go out and tell people about Jesus, you better find one. You better find your Elisha. Because think about it. The word says that we are to have lasting fruit. Lasting fruit. And think about this. And I'm going to challenge you hard with this this morning because I think that's where we're at right now. What if you go home tomorrow to be with the Lord? Do you have lasting fruit? With the people that's been around you that you've poured into through the years, do you have lasting fruit? Or is it going to wither and die? See, I've thought about that at every church I've been to. God, what's my purpose for being here? Because I'm never going to be one that just sits in a chair. Even before I started preaching, I wanted to do something if it's straighten up the chairs. Because I just want to give back to my Lord. I want to give back to my Lord. I want to give. So if I'm going to be the guy that straightens up the chairs, i got to find somebody else to straighten up the chairs before I can go home. Or I don't have lasting fruit. And I was told this is chapter 19, but most of y'all probably figured that out already. Yeah, I know. But look here, verse 17. And then here's where the Lord starts explaining to Elijah what's going to happen. And I think he's trying to show us the picture here that says, hey, I got this in control. You worry about you. Don't worry about all these other things. Because he's complaining. I'm the only one left. They're going to kill me. They got all these people. Hey, 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 hey. Look at verse 17. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Heziel, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. God's saying, bro, I got this. I got more than you can even imagine. You just focus on you and focus on what I called you to do. Now, get up out of here and go back the way you came because you came all the way over here, right? Like, like Jonah. Jonah bought his own ticket to run from the Lord. He spent money to try to run away from the Lord. <laughs> then he had to ride in the big fish. Then, and, and then I think he set up against a broom tree. What is it with broom trees in this area? Hmm, just a thought. Just a thought. We have to be focused on what God is doing. We have to stay focused on what God is doing around us and with us. Because God is using every one of us. There are some great evangelists in this room. There are some great pastors sitting in this room. And teachers and prophets. Think about it. Because you are telling people about Jesus constantly. People come to you because they have needs. And they're like, you know that they know that you will help them. Teachers, that you can explain the word. You do it constantly. You may never, ever, ever get a microphone. Can I tell you that may not be a bad thing sometimes? <laughs> Microphones are overrated. <laughs> I still prefer to sit in the back row. <laughs> I really do, even though I fuss about y'all sitting up front. I prefer to just be back there and watch what God is doing. But then I get miserable. Because I know I got something that he wants me to say. And I just want to be where he is. And I want to be used by him. And I pray that I'm in the place I'm supposed to be. Because, you know, you put that plant in the wrong place and it just won't grow. It won't grow. 
And, and I can remember after Hurricane uh, Rita took our house in Texas, we came back to Crowley, and we were going to Northside Assembly of God. They took our kids in to go to school there. They have a, a Christian school, and, and my family goes there, so we started going to church there. And I was doing some contracting work for the associate pastor, Brother Randy. I was doing some uh, sheetrock work for him and all. And, um, and I told him one day, we, we had, we're in the, the uh, new believers class, uh, not new, new members class. You know, we were starting to go through some of that stuff. And I told him, I said, I, I, we ain't supposed to be here. I'm sorry. This isn't, this isn't where we're supposed to be. I know this is not where we're supposed to be planted. I don't know where it is right now, but I don't know where it, that it's, I know it's not here. And, and I was kind of nervous. He said, well, brother, you better find it. I said, well, good. I'm glad you think that way because I was. This made it a lot easier, though. And so I began to search and pray. And God brought us to the church that we would spend the next 12 years at. The next 12 years of our life serving in and, and all the different capacities that me and Wendy and even the boys helping. But we had to be where we were supposed to be so we could be planted there. And so we could serve the people there. And, and you know the, the craziest part about it, me and, me and Pastor Woody become great friends through all this. And I was a youth pastor. I was on the board. I was the evangelist. Did all our outreach. I did sound. I did all kinds of things. But you know what he'll tell you is when you sit down and talk to him, I was sent there for him. Because it was during that time that about every November he'd have to go to the hospital for his heart. And I stood beside him every time. Every time. And that last major heart surgery he had with that triple bypass, he was out for almost six months and I had to leave the church. But he never worried about the church because he knew I supported him. And I'd stand up there and I would, I would praise our pastor even though he was in bed somewhere. Because he knew, Rich is standing right here beside me. Rich is not trying to take my job. He won't his job, I promise you. <laughs> but you see, but it's being in the right place and finding out where you're supposed to grow. I have no idea why that all is in there, so I figure that's probably for somebody. That's why I said it. So I'm just going to move on now. I put Galatians 6.9. You can write this down. You don't have to turn there. I just want to tell it to you. Let us not become weary in well-doing. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Do not become weary. I think Elijah had become weary. I think there's a lot of Christians that are weary. We've been praying and we don't see it. We've been at, yeah, I know, but it's not our timing. Does it, does it discourage me when I don't see God move? Sometimes it tries to. But then I have to remember, I'm not in charge. I'm not in charge. He is. I have a race to run. I have a race that I have to finish, and I can't give up in the middle. And I got two more, three more scriptures I want you to, I want you to see, and we're going we're gonna to finish up. Isaiah 41.10, I'm going to read this for you. I think I have it on there. I can't remember. I, I forget which ones I put in there. Look at this. Isaiah 43.19 says this. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I think God is giving us the streams and the ways in the wasteland, even when it looks like we're going through a drought. If we will focus on what's going on, Elijah never went without in that drought, did he? He had plenty of water. He had food. The ravens brought him the food. He went to the widow of Zarephath when he got hungry. God sent him down there. He raised her son from the dead. See, he had a purpose. While God was providing all of his needs, he had a purpose. All of these things happened. All of these things happened. So this morning, 1 Kings 19, 15, the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came through the desert place. 
Some of us need to get up and go back. Get up and go back. That's the way we're going to finish strong. Get up and go back. Because there was things we were doing, we knew that's what God wanted us to do. But we walked away from it and went and found our own things, right? We found our own things that make us happy. But you know they really don't make you happy. You know that made you happy. But sometimes we need to get up and go back. Get up and go back. So we can finish the race. Because some of you have to finish anointing the next king. Or you have to finish anointing your replacement. And you can't do that from over there. You got to go back. You got to go back where you were. Go find out where you, where you moved off. Go find out when you ran in a cave and hid. Because we all have a purpose. We all have a purpose. <laughs> Getting text messages up here. So stop running and hiding and go back where you were and God will finish his work through you. Because just think about this, and I've heard this for, for years. The guy that led Billy Graham to the Lord had no idea what would happen. But what if he wouldn't have done his job? I got a chance to see, and most of you in here won't know who this is, but uh, I, I got a chance to see the, uh, the lady that led Methuselah to the Lord is what we call her. She, she's the uh, lady youth pastor. She's still youth pastor to this day. I'm, I'm sitting here. I've lost her, her name off, off there. She's 70-something years old, still doing youth ministry. This woman is amazing, amazing. And I've, I've gone through uh, conferences with her, and, but I got a chance to see the lady that led her to the Lord. And she rode with us in the van when we were at a conference. And it's just like, man, that's an honor. Why is that an honor? Because this lady has led tens of thousands of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of youth to the Lord. And has mentored thousands of youth pastors. Thousands of youth pastors. That, that like when you, if, I'm trying to remember her name off the top of my head. Jeannie Mayo. Jeannie Mayo. She's still youth pastor. Still. This is a lady that, that one of her stories she told, I'm going to finish with one of these so you can see. Those students, she knew where she was and that she had a purpose for being there and she took it this serious that there was this one student she had been trying to reach and this student had been bullied so many times. Everybody said, there's no way you'll ever reach her. She said, oh, I'm going to get her. I'm going to do everything I can to reach her for the Lord. She got permission from the school. Now, this will tell you how long ago this was. To go have a picnic on top of the building where everybody could see. The kid that everybody belittled, that everybody bullied, that everybody looked down on, that was constantly in depression. She went and set a picnic up on top of the building overlooking the schoolyard while everybody else was out there. Jeannie was up on the building with her having a picnic. That woman is crazy. I'm like, she put a bouncy house in her, in her house because it was raining and she wanted some kids to come over. I'm telling you, the woman just has no end, okay? And at 70-something years old, she mentors youth pastors and you have to become part of her group. And she only takes so many a year. And they do twice or three times that year. They go to her house, and everybody sleeps on couches and on the floor while they're there for that weekend. And she gets down there and sleeps on the floor. <laughs> but you know what? This is, she takes it serious. She takes it so serious that she has a job to do. Her husband's a pastor now. Yeah. And, and the worship leader of their church, they're at a big church in Atlanta. And she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a youth pastor. That's who I am. Youth. So she won't quit doing what she does because she knows that's where she gets her fulfillment. But what if she would have run away? 
Can I tell you the countless thousands of, of youth or youth pastors that wouldn't be serving the Lord today because she's helping them and doing so much that she does? Let's stop running. Let's go back. And let's pick up where we were so we can get back to work. Because in this season, there's more work going on out there than there is in here. There's more work out there. But what you got to defeat is the spirit of timidity. Fear. Fear. You're afraid. Just like I was afraid the first time I ever stood up and spoke in front of the church. I was afraid. Ah, man, my chest was collapsing, all those kind of things. Just like the very first time I ever gave a word to somebody that I felt was from the Lord. It's my pastor's daughter. I can see the headlines. False prophet beheaded. Harvest Time Ministries. Right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. My pastor's sitting out there, and I get a word for his daughter. <laughs> Joy. <laughs> can you give me one for Deborah? She'll take it, you know? She's not going to go home and talk to him. Can I tell you what it was? I still remember what it was. I told her, I said, you have been praying your most deep prayer in your closet that you have told no one about. Your most private prayer is that you want to go to public school so you can witness to people because she was homeschooled and she had nobody to tell about Jesus. She broke down in tears. She said, yeah, I've been praying that for years. I was like, thank you. <laughs> was I afraid to deliver that word? I was, but I had to walk through the spirit of fear. Because you know what? It was a learning experience for me to say, was I hearing you, Lord, or am I making this up? And you know what? I, I, I won on that one. Can I tell you, sometimes it's a little off. It's like, well, I don't know. Okay, well, let me go back and pray some more. Right? We got to get past that spirit of fear and timidity. Come on. Let's get back to work. Let's do what God has called us to do. Because imagine all of us in here doing what God has called us to do, how many people we can affect. I can only reach so many. I can only help so many. But all of us in here can multiply that. Multiply that to Christians around the world. So, listen. Stop running. Stop running. Turn around and run back. And get back where God wanted you to be. Because when you do that, you'll find true happiness and true joy. I can tell you this, though. It's a lot of sleepless nights when you're running from the Lord. And you're not going where He wants you to go. Jonah's a perfect example of that. He finally had to go swimming. Finally had to go swimming. Hopefully we don't have to go swimming to get back. Amen. So listen, I want to pray for us this morning. And um, don't forget, we're going to have the, uh, the stuff out here for the, for the families. So we can bless you guys. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Uh, it, it, we enjoy them. Keep them in the icebox, though. They're not, they, they are designed to be in the icebox. But uh, I think you'll enjoy them as well. And uh, I, I actually like them when they're first made because they're crunchier. And they taste better on sandwich. But that's, that's up to y'all. Uh, but anyway, so let me, let me pray for us this morning. So Father, I, I thank you for all of us being here this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word still challenges us. And we can still find things in it that will just help us, Father, to change us forever to be like Christ. So, Lord, I pray this morning that you would help every one of us to stop and make sure we're in the place we need to be and give us the courage and the energy to turn around and go back if necessary. Give us the energy to, to continue to chase after you and to fulfill the purpose that you have for us. Lord, I know there are some here today that, that may be feeling a little disgruntled because of things in their life or dissatisfied. 
And I pray right now, Lord, that you would just minister to them. You would touch them. Lord, continue to watch over this nation and, and help us heal, Lord, with all the division going on. Help us heal. Help us to have the mind of Christ during this season as believers alike. And I thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you one more thing here. Just tell me when it's off. I generally let them turn that.